what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Mobile video gaming has become the preferred platform for the casual gamer, and it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. In this episode of Brothers in Tech, the brothers welcome back John Mims to discuss, or in this situation, educate Brian about the pros and cons of mobile gaming and new game subscription services. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and with me on the other end of the computer screen here is my brother in tech, Brian Jackson. Brian, how you doing, man? Alan, I'm doing great. I am doing great. Um, I just I get used to saying that, right? It just feels like I should say I'm doing great, and it doesn't really matter how things are going. But I can tell you what are I'm you really excited. Not? Well, yeah, let's just... You know, maybe I've been better, right? But we don't need to get into that. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what I'm super excited about, though. I'm excited that it's just you and I here on this episode again, right? We're back. We get yeah, rid yeah. of the guests yeah. and stuff. It's just like, right. you know, for, for a while there, it felt like we were bringing people in. and Oh, wait, wait, wait. sorry. I, I covered up the video on my, my screen. So there, there is somebody else here. Oh, yeah. you didn't see that we actually had a guest. Oh, um, yeah. Can we start this one over? Yeah, John. <laughs> we do have a guest with us as as uh, has been the last couple of episodes, and we were happy to have him back, even despite Brian's. Oh God, uh, yeah, no, I'm super we were... excited to bring John back. This is great. Yeah. yeah, what he said about carrying dead weight and all that, John. He is not. He's not referring to you from previous episodes. Okay, that was somebody else. He was talking about completely different, completely different guests we had. No, we're we're joking. John Mims, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing uh, not as well as Brian. It sounds like it's uh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. It's a it's a great day. Uh, glad to be back with the uh, with the brothers. And, yes, uh, yes. Talking Our about brother some cool from stuff. another mother here. Yeah, it is good to have you back, That's John. Right. Yeah, regardless. So John, of what I John is a uh, John's a professor at High Point University and uh, teaching you know, in the field of communications and social media and marketing, and public relations. I know a lot of areas you touch on in your work. So it's been fun having you here uh, to talk to us about some technology areas in these fields. But of course, too, you also, we've known you for most of our lives. And uh, so I think we referred to you before as a, a brother from another mother, and that is truly how we, we see you. So glad to have you here again, John, with us. So, oh, I'm, I'm feeling right. the love from Alan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, this is this is the yeah. complaint I get from a lot of guests. John is uh, they'll tell me afterwards. They'll write me kind of confidentially, confidentially, <laughs> and say, you know, I really enjoyed being on the show, but I just really don't think Brian had a very high opinion of me and uh, um, seemed a little frustrated or discouraged by us being on the show. And uh, I, I don't. I apologize in advance, John. I don't mean for you to feel that way. You're a very valuable part of this podcast tonight, sir. So. Is is it maybe that his heart just isn't in it? I mean, maybe that's what it is that he just uh, 
Maybe he's you know, not tonight. really a brother in tech. You know that. Well, so. tonight's topic may be why uh, he's not completely into it. So, okay, I right? mean, I wasn't going to say anything right away, but okay, this this topic, uh, <laughs> you guys are excited, and I am. Uh, I'm a little nervous because I I feel like I have zero to contribute. I feel like Alan. I feel like normally what Alan does on this show, I have zero to contribute, and, and I'm a little nervous about it. Alan. I think just comfortable with it, right? Uh, but you I'm know, okay I'm I'm a, I'm a little nervous here. So, but we'll, we'll we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. Well, let's let's talk about what we are going to talk about and what we're going to make Brian very uncomfortable with is the idea of gaming on a mobile device. Mm. So. Many of you are listening, let's say you're not gamers, and that's fine. You don't play games very often. But if you have a phone, if you have a tablet, um, you have options. And maybe maybe you're someone that's interested in getting into just some more casual gaming, and you'd like to use your mobile device to do that. We're going to talk you through a couple of options and some things to keep in mind, some pros and cons about the idea of gaming on mobile devices. Now, just go ahead and kind of clear the air here. We're not talking... PlayStation, Xbox, kind of the more console-based gaming. That is, that's a little higher-end gaming than we're going to get into. That's obviously a great experience for people who want to get into that for for video games. We're talking about people who aren't looking to put, spend too too much time on games or too too much money, and they've got a great mobile device and they want to see what their options are. That's really what we're going to talk about today. I'll say from my background, uh, you know, I was. I was big into a lot of the console higher end gaming many years ago. I honestly have not been in quite a while, but I have played on games on my mobile device quite a bit. And uh, I'm a fan of some of the services we're going to talk about here in a moment. Um, What about you, Brian? I know you don't, you don't do anything on the gaming front, so you're out of, you're out of this. Let me move over to John. John, what's your, what's your experience? Kind of how would you define yourself as a gamer? I wouldn't necessarily call myself a gamer. Um, and actually, I'm going to give you some stats here in a minute about Ooh. gamers, if you will. Um, but I, I have an Xbox One, uh, which is, I think, the latest one. And um, is that the, what's whatever the latest one is, I, I've got it. Um, I, <laughs> that I, would be an I'll Xbox, a, There's, a Series is X. Is it One X or, yeah, yeah, that's no. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's that's what I've got. Um and and I'll what I'll do is I'll I'll get sucked into a game I'll play it until it until I've beaten it, and then I'll give it a month off and then I'll pick up another game. So um, mm. we we actually have a games major at, at High Point, and so uh, the the guy that teaches in those classes is a friend of mine, and we talk about games. So he actually hook, turns me onto games, and so I've started. That's kind of how I get the next game. So that's where it comes from. But uh, one of the thing that's that's really interesting is that there. You know, we talk about the idea of gamers and casual games, and most people who are you know casual gamers play a whole heck of a lot of games. Um, but it so so here here's some stats that actually I've taught my students. Some of these might be a little old, um, like a year or two, but you know they're they're still they're still pretty accurate. Forty nine percent of American adults play video games. Forty nine percent of see. American adults, huh? Um, 49% of American adults. Now what, um, four out of five households own a gaming console. I mean, consider that. I mean, that's, wow. you know, wow. yeah. So it, it's really high. What is that? 80%. Um, yeah. 
Um, the average age math, of a gamer. That is 80%, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did the I uh, communications, I, not math. I Come did. on. <laughs> yeah. It's around the about 80%. Percent. Yes, it's around about that. <laughs> <laughs> the average gamer is 35 years old. Hmm. 48% of females play games and 50% of males play games. So okay. that's, uh, huh. so I mean, it's. Um, so gaming is a lot bigger an industry, I think, for people to remember. I mean, there's a lot of people gaming out there. And now I guess when, when you're giving these stats, John, when they say gaming, it could be on a, a big uh, console or it could be more casual gaming, right? Is that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. let me ask you guys a question. How long, how many hours of games per week do you think it would take to make you a gamer? I mean, I don't have the number. I'm just asking. What, how, how many hours a week do you think? Be defined as a gamer. How many hours? Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, like at what point would you would you consider yourself a gamer if you play like Three hours a week, five hours a week, ten hours a week. At what point are you I'm, a gamer? I'm going to say six hours a week. Okay, make sure a gamer. I was, yeah, I was going to say seven. I was going to say if you're someone that averages an hour a day, you're you're a gamer in my in my opinion. So, so, so this stat is is crazy to me. Forty eight percent of Americans play at least three hours of video games a week. Hmm. Half. Of all Americans play about three a week. I mean, that's, you know, so when you yeah. consider Brian's down to zero, there's at least one other person who's up to six. So, yeah. yes. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, that, that really does talk to the um, pervasiveness of video games in our culture. We are playing video games, even if we're just <laughs> playing in the minute while we're waiting at the doctor's office or mm-hmm. in line at the grocery store. You know, those are those are games, and I think a lot of people are playing them. Well, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was I was just going to ask because so this this is where I start to jump in about questions because I'm, I'm I have to say I'm fascinated by the gaming uh, world and kind of the popularity of gaming. I haven't gotten into it, obviously, as I've I've mentioned. Um, I, I wouldn't say I have a problem with it, and I wouldn't say that I'm not tempted by it. But I think uh, it's just ne- it's not really been something that I've put either money or energy into. So, so let me ask you this though: uh, What do you guys think is the the biggest change that's happening in the gaming world? So, for one, John's mentioned a lot of you know high percentages of people gaming. I would imagine that particular number probably hasn't changed that much over the last five or six years because it seemed like there was a lot of people gaming five, ten years ago. Anyway, right? What it seems like it's is it the type of gaming that it really is changing? I mean, we're talking mobile gaming today which I'm excited to know more about, but I mean, what, what are the things do you think are actually changing? What's the, what's the, the kind of the new direction, Alan? Uh, so I, I think there's two things. I think two things have really kind of changed where video games are now compared to 10 years ago. And one is mobile devices are now okay. capable of playing games, good games. You know, I mean, think about the very first phone you had that could have any type of game on it and the experience was probably not great it had to be a very low low intensive game to play something really simple nowadays we have mobile yeah exactly snake (laughs) or um you know like simple little card game or something nowadays you can play some extremely interesting visually interesting and elaborate games on your mobile device or, or or a tablet 
So that's one. I think the fact that we are carrying around things that, like you said, you're standing in line somewhere and you just want to play something for five or 10 minutes. You have an experience. You can do that. That was not possible. Yeah, that was, years that ago. was a little hard when I had my Atari. Right to actually pull that out right. while you're standing to, in line. That was it was it was frowned upon. It was frowned upon. Tape on your back, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I think that's changed is um, just like movies and TV shows and other things that we are now in a subscription model of where we're used to just paying a flat fee and having a la carte access to whatever we want. All the major gaming platforms and the ones we're going to talk about for more mobile gaming have subscription options now. So the idea is that instead of saying, I'm going to plug down 30 bucks on one new game and play that for the next couple months, I'm going to pay five, six, seven dollars a month and have my choice of any of these games I wish to play. Uh, PlayStation has got that same sort of game pass for their platform. So does Xbox. My, both of my boys pay a monthly fee to just have access to all the games on the library without having to invest 50 or $60 on one single game anymore. And uh, I really think those two things have changed the landscape of gaming, probably have really grown those numbers. I think might have grown those numbers that John gave, gave out a little bit more too than what we used to have. John, did you have a third thing that you think has changed? I, I, do, I do have a third thing. I think that um, because we have a better bandwidth, um, it, with oh, our cellular right. devices, yes. uh, now we can play against each other online. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you can play a card game, but now we have those really nice console type games that I can play against people in real time. Which is, um, you yeah, know, that right. we first had that at home. Now we've got it on the mobile device, and I think that's a big change too. You're absolutely right. That that's a big thing. And Brian's got a fourth item. Well, we're holding up fingers to show each other what we want to say. So Brian, that's right. Brian we're has not, number four. What is we're not tuned into each other so well that we know when we have something to say. We're actually waving at each other. But <laughs> but let me let me throw in one more, which I'm thinking why why this may be something I could actually do now, where I would not have done five years ago, ten years ago, is the size of the screen. Not just the the fact that it's a mobile device, but you know, early, early, early mobile devices, I would have never thought of doing anything w- in terms of a game on that phone unless yeah. it only required maybe one touch button, right? Like maybe you could do a Tetris that just required me to rotate an object, right? Because anything else that required me to touch a screen, and it still freaks me out a little bit, right? To think, can I take a small phone and actually engage when I've got my fingers in the way and I'm doing different things? Um, but it seems like as the phones have gotten bigger, as the fact that we have tablets to do the same thing, it allows the real estate for these things to actually be enjoyed, right? Is that is yeah. that correct, well, right? I mean, you're actually I able to true. do more things with these phones now that, that they're larger yeah. and you could be touching it and not obscure everything that you're seeing and, and wanting yeah. to engage in. They really have. I mean, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit when the iPhone first came out, I could never imagine it have turning into a gaming platform. No. The very first version, first idea of an iPhone. Over the years, though, as it's gotten faster, better processor, better screen, bigger screens, now I think it's almost an ideal uh, gaming platform, especially if you have an iPad or a tablet uh, of a decent size. You have an amazing gaming platform right now, right at your fingertips that I just... Uh, I think it's just really changing things quite a bit. So, John, you're getting ready to say something there. Well, well, and, and you can uh, 
the iPhone specifically will allow you to hook in a um, an Xbox controller. And mm. so, you know, I've got an attachment on my Xbox controller that holds my phone. I mean, that was that screen size is actually bigger than remember the Game Boy Advance that we had, the Game Boy Color when we were kids, and and then of course, uh, what was it, the Sony PSP? I mean, consider how oh, small yeah. that screen was, and now we've got a a huge screen, faster processor, and a full controller. You know, for you know that we could really go anywhere with. Okay, yeah. John, you're, you're really going to need it for the for the novice in the group here. You're going to need to go a little further in that description. So when you say plug it in, like put the phone in, you're saying there's an actual controller, and then the phone becomes part of that controller for the screen. Is that what you're saying? So, so yeah. So what what you can do is you're those uh those Xbox controllers use Bluetooth, and so all you do is you connect them with Bluetooth to your phone. And if the game's written to use the controller, which most of them are now, all the ones on the or on the uh, Apple Arcade are can use the controller. Okay. And so you know you can actually use an Xbox controller to play any of the games on the Apple Arcade. Which which honestly which was is, one of the biggest things that led me not to get into mobile gaming initially was I didn't like the form factor. I didn't like touching a screen. Mm. I didn't like trying. I liked yeah. having a physical, a physical device, right? I like being able to play pole position when you actually have a wheel. I like being able to do, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think back of all the the games I would play at an arcade. That, right? that was Double the last Dragon, game. right? With yeah, hand, was, with hand <laughs> joystick. That was the last game Brian's ever played. It, by quite way, honestly, could have been the the last <laughs> real game that I was engaged in, but. You know, the fact that you had physical, physical things and when went to mobile, I was very turned off of like, I, I feel like I need to feel the joystick. I feel like I need to move this thing. Right. But what you're saying is now you can do that and then connect in. So, you know, now it's just a matter of having the TV, right? This little TV that you're taking around to be able to be your screen. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm, all right, I'm coming, I'm starting to come towards you guys. All right. Okay. Well, and, and you can always, uh, you know, uh, airplay onto a big TV screen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you well, can let's, play. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that just for a second, all right? Because that's something I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued by for you guys. So, how much of the games that people play through their mobile device right now do you think actually are on the screen of the device, and how many are? Because I've seen that before. So, people are using the using the mobile device as a input for what's on their screen, maybe an Apple TV, maybe it's a TV that's streaming, maybe it's input device for some other console. I mean, is that, is that typical? Is that something that's happening a lot right now? Is that something that I, I, I personally don't think it's happening. Know? I don't think it's happening a lot. Um, my guess is partly because, you know, the idea of airplaying uh, a game to your TV, I mean, it's going to depend on your your connection to the TV. It's going to come. Yeah, you could have some you could have some lag issues. You could have some quality issues. I think the fact of the matter is the screens on either the larger phones or your tablets are so good that I think a majority of people are still using those screens as their gaming device. Now, that being said, I'm sure there's people out there got it nice and hooked up to do it on their big TV from their mobile device. Um, well, well but I, the reality I, is you take can, on it, John. Yeah. Well, well, you, you can also with the Apple TV, which is what you would use to AirPlay. 
um, all of those, all the games on the Apple Arcade are available for the Apple TV. So you would. Well, that's what it, I was going to say. Would is be that, less efficient. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, so what you're saying there is that there. it's actually running through the processor of the Apple TV is running Correct. the game, and you are just engaging with it from your phone as a controller or from some sort of yeah, Bluetooth controller or something like that, right? Yes. So it's still the Correct. same game. That's right. It's still the same service, but mm-hmm. you're getting it maybe from two different platforms, right? Or two well, that is uh, one really inputs. nice thing about, and I know we're kind of bearing the lead a little bit here. We're going to talk about these services. Yeah. Yeah. We've already mentioned Apple Arcade a couple of times. Um, that is one thing that you know, we want to talk about. It's the fact that with these new subscription services, and I say new, Google's had one for a little longer than I think than Apple Arcade has. But Apple, Google, uh, both have services that allow you to pay money per month. And when you do that, you have full access to their library of games or other apps. The nice thing, Brian, kind of getting back to what you're talking about is, yes, once you have that subscription, you are able to play these games on your mobile device that's logged into the account that has the subscription. Or on a case of Apple, the Apple TV, you can download and play those games on your TV, the same games you would be playing on your mobile device. Uh, the Google Play Pass, which is their version of their $5 a month uh, subscription service, will let you play on Android devices the games as well. Now, whether or not that means it translates to a large screen uh, uh, mm-hmm. through a media box or not, I'm not sure about that. I haven't had experience with the Google Play Pass, but the idea is that, yes, on at least on the Apple Arcade side, I can log in on my Apple TV, pull up Apple Arcade. It knows what games I was playing on my mobile device already. Let me play those same games. I can even pick up a game where I left off, and the Apple TV can offer to let you use your your phone as a controller, or you can use a, like John said, an Xbox oh, controller is, yeah. or other ones that are that are compatible with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me. So let me. Let me. Let me go. You can also go ahead, John. Sorry. Well, I was. I was going to say you can also use your computer for those games as well. Okay. Um, Which is really cool to me because I'll occasionally uh, instead of moving from the the phone to the Apple TV, actually, a lot of times move from the Apple TV to my computer to my laptop. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. because a little bigger screen and uh, and it's real nice to do it that way. Okay, well, Alan, let me let me ask both of you really quickly. So, because I'm I'm intrigued now. So I know a little bit about Apple Arcade, right? I haven't used it before, but I know that it's a subscription. There's lots of games that are on there. I think initially, my understanding was there are lots of maybe entry level games, kind of a lot of just you know quickly jump in play. But the idea behind a subscription. So tell me why I should be interested in a subscription as opposed to sure. a console in which I'm going to buy the games that are really in, you know, uh, maybe one-off yeah. buying that game. So tell me, tell me why. Sure. Let me, let me, let me hit this and John, you jump in with anything I miss here. Um, right. a, so be prepared. A He's going to miss a lot, but be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first off from a cost standpoint, I think, you know, if you're someone that wants to be, uh, make better use of money, um, when it comes to gaming, Going into a console, buying games outright is definitely the more expensive route to go. A subscription-based service for games on a mobile platform, I already mentioned Apple Arcade is $5 a month. Google Play Pass is $5 a month. And both of these have 
well over a hundred games or apps to choose from. I think Apple Apple Arcade, when it was announced, they said a hundred games was their goal to have. I think it's over a hundred games right now. I don't know what the exact number is. Uh, the Google Play Pass, as of just this past year, had over three hundred and fifty apps and games. Not all of them are games, but a, a fair number of them are. So right away, for $5 a month, you think about that, that's $60 a year, you're spending uh, games on a console to buy a singular game is about $50 or $60, a mm -hmm. brand new game. Now, you could argue that those console games, if you had an Xbox or PlayStation, uh, the games are probably bigger, they're, they take a lot more time to play, they're more uh, complex, they're more graphic intensive and all that. But for the cost of one game a year, you could translate to over 100 games to pick from on a mobile device. And I think, again, this is, this is not for hardcore gamers who say they really want to spend, you know, the next several months really digging deep into a very big, expansive game. This is for somebody who likes the idea of playing games and doesn't mind trying some games out, download a game. Uh, I, that game isn't really for me. Okay, fine. Get rid of it, and I'm going to go play another one. You can have multiple games installed, downloaded on your phone, ready to play as part of that subscription. So it gives you a chance to to try out some games and gives you a chance to experiment a little bit. I mean, I've downloaded plenty of games that look really cool and I started playing them. I'm like, nah, this isn't really for me. And there's no heartache there because I just get rid of it and download another one. As opposed to if I'd gone out and bought a $60 game, started playing it, I'm like, whoa, boy, I don't like this. Well then I'm kind of stuck a little bit. Do I go ahead and try to sell it? Do I return it? What do I do? And uh, I think it's just a safer way to get into gaming without <laughs> without the commitment up front. That's yeah. my take on the pros of a subscription service. John, is there anything I'm missing on a yeah, well, subscription John, service like this that's better? Could you correct him, please? Whatever. Well, as you're talking, the, what I'm wondering is, so I'm actually, I'm on the Apple um, Arcade main page. I'm looking at the games that they have, like the top 10 like one of them's NBA um, 2K22. I mean, you know, but it's all they also have Oregon Trail. So I mean, you know, they've got like really high end games and, and, and basic games. Um, but they, you know, they're all really good games. Kind of what I wonder is if Apple was worried that without a subscription model, were we running to where either um, developers were going to start charging fifty dollars? over the app store for their games or more likely were they just not going to produce these high quality games for the iPhone? Because, you know, I'm used to paying a, a buck 99 for a game and now you're telling me I need to pay $50 for one. So I'm wondering yeah. if maybe this was Apple's play to get these developers to produce yeah. really high end games and <laughs> give them the revenue streams that they want to have. Um, which they really would have a problem getting charging fifty bucks a pop over yeah. the console, or, or, or I'm sorry, right. over the over the mobile phone. I, I think Apple had to do this to stay in the game business at all, because the market on the Mac is just not big enough for people who really want to spend fifty, sixty dollars on a game. It's just not mm -hmm. going to happen. It hasn't happened. You know, the Mac has been a computer that could play games, but they nobody's ever made a play for it because they felt like the market's too small and the, the the clientele are not the ones going out and spending that kind of money on games. But you tell them they can spend $5 a month or even better, roll it into an Apple One subscription 
where you get it for free, basically, for your uh, monthly cost. Then all of a sudden, you got people saying, well, maybe I'll start playing the game now. Maybe I'll try this out a little bit because I'm already paying for it. Or it's super inexpensive per month. Um, I think you're right, John. I think that's <clears throat> they had to kind of do it if they wanted to stay in this business. Okay, so well, and, and yeah, John. Well, like so, you said, I mean, there, there, there weren't there weren't really any great games just that were Apple exclusive. I mean, the only one I could think of is maybe Marathon, which were, was made <laughs> by the people who eventually made um, Halo. Halo, uh, yeah. It was Bungie, and I mean, and that was a great game. Um, if you never oh, played, John, Marathon, you and I have old Mac. Yeah. Oh, John, you and I have some good memories of playing. Uh, marathon on our Macs back uh networking them together in their office building oh, and uh, that after was hours awesome. it was yeah it was a lot of fun there, nothing better so, nothing better so getting back to the on the on the mobile subscriptions brian yep I'm just again trying to kind of sell you on the idea the thing about the apple arcade and I'll, i think the same with google play is i think developers can be a lot more experimental with the kind of games they produce Mm-hmm. under this kind of environment i've seen some games that are the weirdest games i've ever noticed on an apple arcade subscription ones that are not going to have a mass market appeal you're not going to have a developer spending all this time and then releasing it like you said for 50 60 dollars to try to sell it but because there's an automatic funnel of possible customers developers are getting really creative i've seen some just really unique games games that are not ones you would normally find on a traditional console because of this form factor, because of this different play experience on a mobile device. Um, it really just makes for an interesting experience. Uh, so here's a good example, Brian. There's a game, and this is on, I'm pretty sure, both the Google and Apple Arcade called, um, oh, it's like Sasquatch. Um, what is the name of that John, game, John? Uh, yeah, it's, oh. um, what is it? Um is it Hungry Sasquatch? It's, actually, it's Sneaky Sasquatch. Sneaky Sasquatch. Okay. And the game is this, Brian. You are a Sasquatch. You're a little Sasquatch character, and you're having to sneak around a campsite to eat food and to possibly take things that you need. Um, maybe you're trying to help some of the campers, but you can't be seen. If you are seen by one of the campers, you know, you're, you're in trouble. And again, this is not a game that anybody would have gone out and spent $60 on or would have been a major release on a big console. But on a gaming platform, on a mobile gaming platform, it's tons of fun. And I don't mind burning an hour on it and then maybe not picking it up for a couple more weeks and then playing it for another hour or two. It's, it's, it's doesn't just like require I like heavy investment. Camping. Yeah. What's that? That, that? That's how I like that's how I like to camp, you know, uh, sneaking well, around I, and, and oh, stealing food. So I was gonna say I'm here, <laughs> right, I'm here yeah, in the Northwest. Yeah. I usually do that in real time, go to campgrounds and sneak <laughs> around. But the fact that I could do that in my own house, that's kind of cool. Um well so you know another game like that is is where cards fall. I don't know if you play I mean a, a awesome game really, really weird. Uh it's just a yeah. kind of a very odd game, but it, it but it has you know, it has a lot of playability. You can play for a long time. Pretty decent storyline. Um, but it's not one that I think anybody would go out and search for unless it were part of a subscription service like yeah, this. That's yeah. right. So I, I think you're right. I think <laughs> well, that it does allow a, a lot of yeah. experimentation. It's exactly the same model as Netflix or any other streaming service. 
you're watching things that you wouldn't have gone out of your way to seek out and purchase or rent, but you're now watching them because they're part of a subscription and you see a wider variety of things that you've probably ever seen before. The same thing with the games on the mobile device. So, so okay. So let me, let me ask, do you think that, um, cause I'm, I'm trying to think, obviously Alan, people, people hang on our every word on this podcast, right? And they, they, sure. yeah, they, they listen to try to decide, should I do this service? Should I pay for the service or not? Right. So mm-hmm. what I'm, what I'm getting is what I'm, what I'm understanding is that as a gaming service like this seems like it's pretty, would be a great opportunity for someone who maybe is not fully committed on a particular game, doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. get so enveloped with a game that they'd love to just change around and, and actually pass time, right? Someone that wants to get their mind off other things and be able to try something else out. Because it doesn't sound like these are games that, you know, I'm going to spend weeks and weeks and weeks trying to conquer this game, right? Or maybe, maybe there is, I don't know. But it sounds like a lot of them are one shot. I could go and spend an hour, and I'm super excited about spending that hour. And then later I yeah. can pick it up again and spend another hour and still be totally engaged with it. But I'm not necessarily thinking about that same game every minute since the last hour I played. Like I think a lot of really in-depth games tend to do, right? Does uh, that make, is that, is that a fair assessment? Yes. I think in general you're right, Brian. But I will say that there are some games that are going to, if you get into the right kind of games and you become kind of focused and obsessive about it, there's absolutely opportunities to be okay. that way with these <clears throat> games. But I think you're right in that in more generally speaking, these are casual games, meaning it's truly meant to be, hey, I've got an extra little bit of time. I want to play something for a little bit or I want to unwind at the end of the day. I'm not going to buy a big gaming chair and have my whole setup in front of a TV and I'm blocking off the rest of the night type of thing. Don't make this fun of John. Of a, don't make fun of John if he does that. <laughs> Seriously. I do it too. <laughs> we, we don't judge, John. Um, we don't judge. <laughs> this is more of a, look, I'm just kind of, I got some downtime. I want to play yeah. something for a little bit. I got my device in front of me. What can I play that's kind of fun and engaging? That's going to yeah. be more of the experience okay. for most people. Okay. So but the games are getting better and better. So there definitely are those opportunities for very, involve complex games more so than there has been okay. in the past. So say someone like me who does not get into gaming or has not gotten into gaming, but w- seems appe- it seems appealing to me to have a game that can distract me, but is not going to necessarily send me down a rabbit hole that I need to be in this thing for a really, really long time. That's my concern, right? So well, let That's me ask you. Let me ask you. Well, but, but, but yeah. let me ask you: Is that am I the person that should be getting a service because I can actually find the game that is only the Tetris type of game yeah. that I can just play and I can get done right? Whereas if yeah. I go and say exactly. I'm going to go get a gaming console just to get Tetris, and now I'm <laughs> stuck with Tetris, right, or whatever. I'm you know, right. throwing out ideas. That yeah. to me, that to me is not what I'm about, right? That's not the kind of consumer yeah. that is going to be there. Now, let me ask you, so I've always looked at this as, so all of all of the entertainment models seem to be going this way, right? Music has gone to subscription because they don't want you to have to pay for simply the albums, right? That you're going to be limited. Uh, Netflix has gone that model where we want you to have access to things to keep you busy and keep you interested, but not that, you know, you're going to want to, you, you, because we know you're not going to want to spend a ton of money on something. But with the movie world, they still expect big time movies for you to go and pay for that one-off movie, right? 
where you're going to go and actually go to the movies or you're going to go and stream that movie yeah. or something. Is that still the same idea here that, that big time games will never show up on these services? As of today, you're probably right. The big, big, huge uh, video game releases. I mean, John mentioned Halo, you know, a little bit ago is like, that's, a premier video game yeah. series, a call of um, duty or something like that. Right. They're not necessarily right now on these services. Well, they're not meant for mobile devices. They're okay. not really meant for a mobile experience yet, but now premier mobile games do start to show up on some of these subscription services. But you know, you're right. The, the ones that you, they still want you spending 50, $60 on and you need a real dedicated console to play at its full com- uh, capacity are not going to be on these mobile subscription yeah. services. Now, that being said, just commenting on your, your, your thoughts about gaming as a subscription service. My son, as I mentioned, has an Xbox subscription pays. I forget what it is per month for access to their game library. So it's they just announced. Yeah. 15 bucks a month. Um, Halo, which is a premier, you know, Microsoft Xbox game the new Halo that comes out this year in December next month is going to be premiering and available on the Game Pass system. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Microsoft's doing that because they want people to buy their game service and pay the monthly yeah. subscription fee. Yep. So that's a good way to entice them in. But that's normally a game that you know you would spend $60 on to buy is now going to be a part of this $15 a month Game Pass. So I, I honestly believe, just like even with movies, over the past year, especially during the pandemic, we saw some big releases go straight to some streaming services. Yep. I think games are going to be the same way over time. We're already seeing it happen now. So I still believe almost every form of media we experience nowadays, subscription models are their future. And um, I think it's just going to take time to get those big ones, the big releases into that subscription model naturally. But we're getting there. Okay, yeah. so let me let me ask one more question, and John, let me let me pose this to you. Um, do you uh, so? I don't know enough about these services, but are these services where I go in and I pay one price and I get to enjoy the entire game, or am I stuck to a paywall where I get to a certain point to say, if you want to go further, you have to pay extra? Are the are the Apple games? Are the Google games? Are they kind of Free and open, you're going to play forever and never have to pay anything else. I honestly yeah, don't no, know. Uh, are there additional I'm, paywalls? I'm, I know that on the Apple Arcade, there are no paywalls. I mean, okay. Okay. And, and what's interesting is I, I played a game. Um, it was, uh, and, and, and I, I say I played it. I mean, it was, it was a very short game. I mean, it was, I only played it for a little bit, but it, it was clearly a game that had originally been a free to pe- free. Uh, to start and then you paid along the way and they had actually stripped all that out to create a new version of the game and so there were places i was like oh i bet they normally made people pay for this um so i but i know that the way that apple's done it you got the whole game there's nothing to pay there are no additional um in-app purchases or anything like that once you got the game that is the game and so they're, so, uh, they're yeah, not they're not they're not creating a gateway drug like I know the model was prior to these services right the model was hey come play this oh look at that you've reached a certain point are we are you addicted yet pay mm-hmm. a little extra and you get a little further so that's not the the Apple model at least not not okay. at all as, okay. as a matter of fact I mean it's I, I think Apple her, prohibits it 
for those apps. And and there's okay. still apps outside of the arcade, of course, that are like that. And they still have the uh, you know the free to play, but then you have the in app purchases. But you also have the ones that have ads. None of these even have ads in them, which is really nice. I mean it it is a just as if you had bought a fifty dollar console game, only it's a, you know it's part of a subscription on nice. on your phone. So there aren't ads, there aren't in app purchases. It's uh, you got the full thing. It's it's a pretty sweet deal for five bucks a month. So you can see why this would be beneficial for a, both of you being parents, maybe to say as a parent, I can budget that. And my kid's always going to have something new to try, and I'm not going to be pestered by, here's the new game that's coming out, right? This is kind of a nice model to budget off of and still have entertainment and engagement for the people in the family. So I can see the benefit of that. Yep. And Brian, let me mention on that same note, there's just a couple more pros I want to mention about these subscription services. Before I do tell you some cons, because there are a few things I think you need to be aware of if you go into a subscription service on somebody's mobile gaming um, John already mentioned that, you know, both the Google and the Apple uh, subscription services will allow you to use external controllers, which is nice. So if you do want to go out and get, I've got a, I've got one that's a, oh, what is the name of it? Um, it's not a PlayStation or Xbox controller, but it looks like one. It was made like a Razer, I believe. I forget the brand name, but it was made mainly for the Apple TV or for the iPad to use as a controller. And it feels like an actual console controller to use, which is great. But both the Apple and Google Play Pass will allow you to use those external uh, controllers. They will allow you to play on multiple devices. I think you can do up to 10 devices with the same iCloud account on your Apple side. You can do up to 10 devices with the same Google Play account on uh, Google or Android devices. And then sharing games, if you have a family sharing set up on your Apple devices, you can share your arcade games with up to five other family members. You can do up to six members on the Google Play family library. So if you have a subscription and you've got a family, you can share the games with them, let them play as well. So back to your parenting thing, you know, you as a parent could actually get a subscription, let your kids play these games. You don't have to worry about them funneling more money into it. And you yourself also have access to them as well. So uh, hmm. it's kind of nice. Yeah. There's a lot of good good sides to the subscription service. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. But let me, but. Let me I'm gonna mention something there. But there are some downsides, and you guys can chime in some others you can think of, I'm sure. Um, you don't own the games if you get a subscription service for these mobile devices. So it's very possible you may be playing your absolute favorite game on these subscription services in one month, an announcement's made, and that game is no longer gonna be available on that service which means you don't own the games. You have no right to it after they take it off the service. Same thing with Netflix and other movie services. You've sometimes seen that they movies are taken off the service and are no longer available. That's the, that's, that's the, them's the breaks. I mean, you don't own the movie, so you can't just, you know, claim that you have it anymore. So there's that challenge. Um, I think we mentioned too, I mean, if the games on the subscription services are not going to be your premier, top of the line, high intensive games. They're just, they're going to be good games for a mobile experience, but they're not going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to be playing Call of Duty or Halo or anything, a big console game on these mobile devices or any of these subscription services. Outside of those, um, those down, I don't have any other cons. 
the biggest thing is just knowing you don't own the game. So you just need to be aware that games may come and leave from the service over time. Is there any other cons I'm forgetting, John, anything that's a downside of subscription-based gaming? I mean, I, I think that, you know, of course, you don't have a huge library. I mean, it was like like Netflix streaming in the early years where you still had to go out and find specific titles outside of the streaming service. I think that's still the case here. And and that's going to be the case in a lot of, you know, for, for any service, at least for a while, because we still have those mega blockbuster games where the the model is just too appealing for them to charge us 50 bucks or 60 bucks for a game. And, um, and that hadn't changed yet. Um, but you know, it actually, you know, thinking about, uh, one of your cons down that we don't really own the game in a lot of cases, we don't own the game anyway. And so, you know, <laughs> one true. of the, you know, you know, one of the games I really enjoyed uh, that I used to play was, um, was the, the monkey ball where, you know, the little monkey would be in the ball and you actually, it was, it was for the, I played it with the iPhone 2, I think, you know, wherever you could actually, that was a, one of the first games that came out. Um, you know, I, they stopped updating. Well, I think they stopped updating the game. And so, of course, it doesn't work on the phone anymore. I mean, well, okay, mm-hmm. well, there went my buck ninety nine, but, you know, it was $1.99. So, mm-hmm. you know, and but we've also got Xbox games like that, too, that won't play on the new Xbox because they've just aged out. I mean, I guess yeah. I could keep the Xbox just to play this game. You know, like I, I could still be playing the original Halo. Yeah. Or I could pay another 50 bucks and get it as part of a package so I can relive the early Halo days. So, you know, it's, yeah. it, it, I think there are, there are a lot of pros, really. You know, if you're, if you like to play games even just a little bit, you know, five bucks a month, I think is pretty reasonable for a pretty big library of, uh, very unique and in, in a, a wide range of games. So I, I think it's I worth it. I mean, that, that was, that was only 20 games at the arcade guys. Right. So, I mean, 25 cents a game, right. So that <laughs> for a month, right. Getting uh, you know, five bucks. That's, that does sound pretty good. If, if, uh, if there's an interest in there, let me ask you one more question here real quick. Is there a downside? Uh, so someone who does Apple arcade, can they use an Android device? And someone who does Google, can they use a iOS device? So if I have a family yep. that is dual platform, is that a problem? No, you're spending ten dollars a okay. month instead right. of five dollars a month. Yeah, basically. So it is it is yeah, no, it's strictly for the uh, the platform only, right? On- Absolutely. Okay. Apple Arcade is only for it's really devices from the last I think they last I saw their system requirements, it was iPhone. SE is like the oldest it goes back to mm-hmm. that you can run Apple Arcade on now. Uh, but it's only Apple devices, Macs, Apple TVs, iPads, iPhones. The Google Play Pass is mobile, laptop, and tablet devices with the Play Store app installed on it, which is a which is a Android uh, app that you have to run. So, um, yes, you are very much restricted on platform. Okay. With All right. a mixed household will not be able to share games um, between the two subscription services. So. Okay. All right. Okay. I got one more question and then, and you know, you guys take it wherever you want, but one more question that I truly don't know. Can you, with these types of games play with multiple people at the same time? So is this like a, you know, Alan, 
you and I uh, at Christmas sitting in the same room could be playing the exact same game against each other or with each other. Uh, is that sort of game involved, you know, available with these types of services? John, so so one that? of the games that's coming out tomorrow is Transformers Tactical Arena. And, um, <laughs> and, and so it's, and basically it's a multiplayer game that um, uses where you have the different transformer characters. And I mean, so, you know, you were talking about being in the same room it's not, you're not, you don't even have to be in the same room. You can be, you know, as long as you're both connected to the internet, you can play over the internet. One of the games I've been playing um, probably more than I ever should is uh, the Sonic racing um, with Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, you know, it's just fun. It, it takes what, two minutes to get around the track. It's, but you're always playing against people in the real world. Um, so yeah, um, quite a few of these games are meant to be played multiplayer hmm. and I can play with people I know, or they'll pair me up with someone random, uh, pretty much like a console game. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Brian, on that same note, um, a lot of the games I know, at least on the Apple arcade, and I'm sure it's the same on the Google play. If you have the capability of playing them on your TV set, I know on the Apple arcade games, uh, if I had two people or three people in the room with me, and we all have our iPhones, some games will allow for multiplayer on the same same device you're, you're watching, the same TV or same screen. It just allows everybody to open up their iPhone and open up the game, and you can all play together on the same screen. Hmm. So that's that's available as well, and that's a lot of fun. So. Okay, okay. So I'm, I apologize. I said I had one more question. I had only one question, but I've got one more that just came up. That's actually probably the most important question that I would have asked the entire episode, which is, can I get on a leaderboard, put my initials, my three-letter initials for the leaderboard, and have that always showing on the front of my iPhone when anybody comes by to show that I am at the top of the leaderboard? I mean, that, that's the, that was the goal of playing you know, the arcade games was to put your initials at the top. Is there a leaderboard in these types of games? And can I create bad word leaderboards, you know, names that would embarrass everyone else that sees it? Very important. Please, please discuss. I, I think the answer is yes. I mean, right. There are some that okay. will let you do right. that, right? right. Five okay. bucks a month seems absolutely worth it. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, one other little thing I'll mention just before I forget. As we're wrapping this up, um, keep in mind with these games that you download or play, um, the games are getting more and more interesting as we go along, as, as computing power goes goes higher. The games are getting more graphically intensive. They're getting more expensive. They do take up space. And so I have noticed a lot of times, especially on an Apple TV, or if you have a phone that's a relatively limited storage on it, these games do have to download, and even though it's tempting, if you have a subscription service to say, I'm going to go ahead and download 30 games to have on my phone all the time. Well, that's 30 games that all take up a lot of room, and uh, so just be aware of that. Now, the good thing about a subscription service is you can delete a game off your phone yeah. or off your device, reinstall it later, so it's not like you lose the game if you have to take it off your device. You can always reinstall it, but do you but lose just the leaderboard? No, actually, it can save your game data for you okay. on your account so you don't lose it. <laughs> but right. I know some people have, have the Apple TVs with pretty small hard drives on them, mm. pretty small storage. 
and you download three or four of these games and you're going to find yourself already out of space. So that's one thing I will say. It's not a con. It's more of just a remember. And this is going to be the case for Google, Apple, anywhere. Space is always going to be something you got to be mindful of. Uh, you got to be mindful on a console as well when you download games. But I think on a mobile device, since we're using these devices for a lot of other things, photos, videos, other apps, just keep in mind that you're having to share space with everything else on your on your device for these games. So, yeah. Well, that's wow. kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit with the gaming. I mean, just to let really people know, mobile gaming is an option. It's an inexpensive option you can get into now. And of course, having companies like Apple and Google putting a lot of resources to providing some good subscription services means you can feel pretty good that there's a good quality level of games out there to play that are going to cover a lot of different uh, variety of interest and, and uh, wants in the gaming world. And I'm a big fan. I don't think I'll ever buy a game again um, outright. I feel like on the Apple Arcade, there's even if there's only two or three games I like playing right now, that's still two or three games I don't have to go out and buy uh, specifically and uh, and deal with. So I'm a big fan. John sounds like you're a fan of the subscription service as I, well. I, I am. I, and, you know, every week you get the email from Apple saying, here's what's coming on Friday. And like, huh, yeah. maybe I'll give that a try. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've found a lot of really, you know, just fun games that I'll play for, you know, a little bit or a whole lot. And, and it doesn't yeah. matter because I've got something to do now. So, Brian, do you think we've uh, converted you in any way? Are you going to try anything out? Or You know, I think uh, uh, it's quite possible that you guys may never see me again. And I'll be uh, kind of stuck, you know, in the... Mission accomplished. <laughs> right. I'll, be, I'll be stuck in the back room playing games all the time. No, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I do say for someone like me who is not a gamer, who doesn't really think about games, is not, you know, to me, the only games that really have intrigued me in the past have been a quick puzzle, uh, you know, something, some sort of mind bender or whatever. But I could see the fact that a subscription would allow me to do those things and not feel guilty about it and not feel as though I need to put a lot of money or an effort into researching the game. I could try it. That, that, that is appealing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure you could totally convince me, but you gave me a lot of, a lot of things to think about. Thank you. Well, that's that's what we wanted to do here. So, so that's mobile gaming. That's a little bit of the state of mobile gaming these days. The, the fact of the matter is, if you've got a uh, fairly, I'll say in the last four or five years, phone or device that you're using right now, there is a gaming service available for it that you could subscribe to for very low money per month and get access to a nice, uh, high-quality assortment of games to play. It's perfect for those casual gamers that are not looking to invest a lot of money or time, but like the idea of uh, using their device to, to have some some entertainment on there as well. So uh, hopefully it gave you a little bit of insight into that. Um, Brian, if, if somebody did have some thoughts that we missed when regarding gaming or to talk about some gaming options out there, besides just the big two, the Google and Apple ones, how, uh, how should they let us know about those? Well, send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. That's info at the mesh.tv. Tell us uh, some of the gaming uh, platforms or ideas or what you think the future of gaming might be so that we, uh, you know, I think this could be a potentially uh, another topic we get into in the future about bigger game consoles and, uh, sure. you know, bringing in some people that uh, 
that that know about those as well. We'll probably have to bring yeah. John back, right? Because he obviously seems to have the best of everything when it comes to gaming. So, uh, so send we'll us a bring note. John back, and I'm going to have my two boys take yeah. the place. Of me exactly. I, Just bring I, the kids in. To, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Bring them in. Just so. let them take control of the, yeah. of the episode. So yeah. info at the mesh.tv. Perfect. John, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Appreciate the insight. Always enjoy you, it. You, thanks for having me. Man, that was a lot well, better than I thought it would be, John. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being <laughs> Appreciate here. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to Brothers in Tech and our discussion of mobile gaming. We will look forward to talking to everybody next time. I think, is it true? Our oh. next our next <laughs> episode is our Brothers in Tech suggestions episode. Yes. Yes. Always yes. our favorite. Always our favorite. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That should be coming up next week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us tonight, and we will look forward to talking to you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.